chapter eleven of trial and triumph by francis e w harper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleven it has been quite a length of time since we left mr thomas and his young friend facing an uncertain future since then he has not only been successful in building up a good business for himself but in opening the gates to others his success has not inflated him with pride neither has he become self-abashed and isolated from others less fortunate who need his counsel and sympathy generous and noble in his character he was conservative enough to cling to the good of the past and radical enough to give hospitality to every new idea which was calculated to benefit and make life noble and better mr thomas in laying the foundation of his education was thoughtful enough to enter a manual labour school where he had the double advantage of getting an education and learning a trade through which he was enabled to rely on himself without asking aid from any one which in itself was an education in manliness self-respect and self-reliance that he could not have obtained had he been the protege of the wealthiest philanthropist in the land as he had fine mechanical skill and ingenuity he became an excellent carpenter but it is one thing to have a trade and another thing to have an opportunity to exercise that trade it was a time when a number of colored churches were being erected to build large and even magnificent churches seemed to be a ruling passion with the colored people their homes might be very humble their walls bare of pictured grace but by united efforts they could erect large and handsome churches in which they had a common possession and it was one of the grand satisfactions of freedom that they were enabled to build their own churches and carry on their own business without being interfered with and overlooked by a class of white ecclesiastics whose presence was a reminder of their implied inferiority the church of which mr thomas was a member was about to erect a costly edifice the trustees would probably have willingly put the work in the hands of a colored man had there been a sufficient number to have done the work but they did not seem to remember that white prejudice had barred the northern workshops against the colored man that slavery by degrading and monopolizing labor had been the means of educating colored men in the south to be good mechanics and that a little pains and search on their part might have brought to light colored carpenters in the south who would have done the work as efficiently as those whom they employed but as the trustees were not very far-sighted men they did the most available thing that came to hand they employed a white man mr thomas pastor applied to the master builder for a place for his parishioner can you give employment to one of my members on our church rev mr lomax asked the master builder i would willingly do so but i cannot why not because my men would all rise up against it now for my part 
i have no prejudice against your parishioner but my men will not work with a colored man i would let them all go if i could get enough colored men to suit me just as well but such is the condition of the labor market that a man must either submit to a number of unpalatable things or run the risk of a strike and being boycotted i think some of these men who want so much liberty for themselves have very little idea of it for other people after this conversation the minister told mr thomas the result of his interview with the master builder and said i am very sorry but it is as it is and it can't be any better do you mean by that that things are always going to remain as they are i do not see any quick way out of it this prejudice is the outgrowth of ages it did not come in a day nor do i expect that it will vanish in an hour nor do i but i do not think the best way for a people to mend their pastures is to sit down and bewail their fate no we must be up and going for ourselves white people will white people exclaimed mr thomas somewhat impatiently is there not a great deal of bosh in the estimate some of us have formed of white people we share a common human feeling from which the same cause produces the same effect why am i to-day a social pariah begging for work and refuse situation after situation my father is a wealthy southerner he has several other sons who are inheritors of his name and heirs of his wealth they are educated cultured and occupy high social positions had i not as good a right to be well born as any of them and yet through my father's crime i was doomed to the status of a slave with its heritage of ignorance poverty and social debasement talk of the heathenism of africa of hostile tribes warring upon each other and selling the conquered foes into the hands of white men but how much higher in the scale of moral progression was the white man who doomed his own child bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh to a life of slavery the heathen could plead in his defence the fortunes of war and the hostility of an opposing tribe but the white man who enslaved his child warred upon his hapless offspring and wrote chattel upon his condition when his hand was too feeble to hurl aside the accursed hand and recognized no other ownership but god i once felt bitterly on this subject and although it is impossible for my father to make full reparation for the personal wrong inflicted on me i owe him no grudge hating his poor employment for any rational being but i am not prepared to glorify him at the expense of my mother's race she was faithful to me when he deserted me to a life of ignorance and poverty and although three-fourths of the blood in my veins belongs to my father's face i feel a kinship with my mother's people that i do not with his and i will defend that race from the aspersions of the meanest negro hater in the land heathenism and civilization live side by side on american soil but all the heathenism is not on the side of the negro look at slavery and ku kluxism with their meanness and crimes mormonism with its vile abominations lynch law with its burnings and hangings our national policy in regard to the indians and chinese i do not think said the minister that there is another civilized country in the world where men 
are lynched for real or supposed crimes outside of america the negro need not bow his head like a bulrush in the presence of a race whose records are as stained by crime and dishonor as theirs let others decry the negro and say hard things about him i'm not prepared to join in the chorus of depreciation after parting with the minister mr thomas resolved if pluck and energy were of any avail that he would leave no stone unturned in seeking employment he searched the papers carefully for advertisements walked from one workshop to the other looking for work and was eventually met with a refusal which meant no negro need apply at last one day when he had tried almost every workshop in the place he entered the establishment of william c nell an englishman who had not been long enough in america to be fully saturated by its christless and inhuman prejudices he was willing to give mr thomas work and put tools in his hands and while watching how deftly he handled them he did not notice the indignant scowls on the faces of his workmen and their murmurs of disapprobation as they uttered their dissatisfaction one to the other at length they took off their aprons laid down their tools and asked to be discharged from work why what does this mean asked the astounded englishman it means that we will not work with a nigger why i don't understand what is the matter with him why there's nothing the matter only he's a nigger and we never put niggers on an equality with us and we never will but i'm a stranger in this country and i don't understand you well he's a nigger and we don't want niggers for nothing would you have your daughter marry a nigger oh go back to your work i never thought of such a thing i think the negro must be an unfortunate man and i do not wish my daughter to marry any unfortunate man but if you do not want to work with him i will put him by himself there is room enough on the premises will that suit you any better no we won't work for a man who employs a nigger the builder bit his lip he had come to america hearing that it was a land of liberty but he had found an undreamed of tyranny which had entered his workshop and controlled his choice of workmen and as much as he deprecated the injustice it was the dictum of a vitiated public opinion that his field of occupation should be closed against the negro and he felt that he was forced either to give up his business or submit to the decree mr thomas then thought my money is vanishing schoolrooms and workshops are closed against me i will not beg and i cannot resort to any questionable means for bread i will now take any position or do any work by which i can make an honest living just as he was looking gloomily at the future an old schoolmate laid his hand upon his shoulder and said how do you do old fellow i have not seen you for a week of sundays what are you driving at now oh nothing in particular i am looking for work well now this is just the ticket i have just returned from the pacific coast and while i was there i did splendidly everything i touched turned to gold and now i have a good job on hand if you are not too squeamish to take it i have just set up a tip-top restaurant and saloon and have some of the best merchants of the city as my customers and i want a first-rate clerk you were always good at figures and if you will accept the place come with me right away since high license went into operation i'm making money hand over fist it is just like the big fish eating up the little fish i'm doing a rushing business and i want you to do my clerking the first thought which rushed into mr thomas's mind was is thy servant a dog that he should do this thing but he restrained his indignation and said no frank i cannot accept your offer i am a temperance man and a prohibitionist and i would rather have my hands clean than to have them foul you are a greater milksop than i gave you credit for here you are hunting work and find door after door closed against you not because you are not but because you are colored 
and here am i offering you easy employment and good wages and you refuse them frank said mr thomas i am a poor man but i would rather rise up early and sit up late and eat the bread of carelessness than to roll in wealth by keeping a liquor saloon and i am determined that no drunkard shall ever charge me with having helped drag him down to misery shame and death no drunkard's wife shall ever lay the wreck of her home at my door my business said frank miller is a legitimate one there is money in it and i am after that if people will drink too much and make fools of themselves i can't help it it is none of my business and if i don't sell to them other people will i don't think much of a man who does not know how to govern himself but it is no use arguing with you when you are once set in your ways good morning End of chapter eleven